This is Comet Picks by the Glick. Hey, and I'm your host, Jason Glick. How are you doing, Jason Glick? I'm doing great, John. You glad to be back on the east on the west coast? Oh, I'm absolutely fine with being here. You bet. <laughs> How are things going on your side of the earth? <laughs> oh, things have been going been going good. It's like it's you know, business as usual, as I was telling you earlier. And also, it's like I went to uh, uh, WonderCon in Anaheim uh, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. WonderCon, yeah. huh? Yeah, it's a great little con run by the people who do um, com- um, the Comic-Con in San Diego. And it's, you know, it's like um, Comic-Con, only without the um, gigantic levels of people and um, levels of bullshit as well. I mean, this is a little con where you actually go to a panel and actually like, show up to a panel and not have to wait in line for an hour in order to get in. There you go. <laughs> Cool. That's what you wanted a con anyway, not to sit in a line, for the most part. Yeah, exactly. And as for me, though, it's like, I like going there because they apparently, they also have the nice selection of, of half-off bins that Comic-Con has as well. So I got, like, a lot of, uh, lot of good stuff there, like, um, during, during, when I went there on, on one Saturday. Okay, cool. And that's what you're going to talk to us about tonight? Yes, one of these things that I actually found in in the half off bins was was something by one of um comics um seminal creators um Will Eisner. Now it's like you know he's important because the comics um top industry comics top industry award the Eisners they they are named for him. Um, aside from being creating the spirit, um, Will Eisner is is one of the foremost like innovators and popularizers popularizers of the graphic like of the graphic novel format, and um, he's. It's safe to say that you know, like comics would not be what they are today without his, without his input and influence. And um, chief among his um, his achievements is um coin- is coining the phrase graphic novel and publishing, and not really, pu- but and I'm, I'm getting one of the um, first real examples of the form published um, from from a major publisher. That would be um, the contract with God, and um, that's why I picked up. It's called the Contract with God trilogy. And it's published. It takes that um, original like um, graphic novel he did, plus two other um, sequels he did, um, like within pu- pu- pulls them all in one nice um, um, omnibus format. And um, now, the thing is though, it's like the um, well, it's ar- well, it's arguable whether or not, like, what was the first real graphic novel? Was it um, Eisner's Contract with God? Was it Gil Kane's Black Mark? Was it some other stuff that was published in the? Uh, in the 30s, um, back when you know all we had was like you know pulp pulp anthologies and weekly comic serials, I subscribe to the belief that um, Contract of God was the first real graphic novel in the sense that you know Columbus discovered America, you know that that kind of that kind of thing you know because because um, con- the Contract of God is one that's, that keeps keeps getting cited as one as that example, and it's also one of the few that's still in print to this day. So that's that's a remarkable achievement in and of itself. Now, but how does it read? Um, surprisingly well, um, considering considering how long it's been. I mean, I I've talked about before on this podcast how um, Eisner's spirit work from the '30s still holds up um, pretty well. I mean, it's not I won't say it's like you know, examples of great storytelling, but it's still but it's still like eminently readable in in ways that you wouldn't expect like a story from the '30s. To, be almost like 70 years later. But um, these stories, um, with the original set of stories published, let's see, published in the 60s, it's like still holds up pretty well. I mean, the, the, so let's talk about the uh, like the stories themselves. I mean, first first volume is a ser- um, is basically a series of four 
it's an anthology of four stories. First story, Contract with God, focuses on one one character, um, Fermi Hirsch, a Jew, like a Jewish rabbi, um, whose daughter, it's like whose daughter died tra- tragically, and um, he's and he's raging against God because he believes that he had a contract with God um, years ago after everyone told him like, you know, you you Fermi Hirsch are chosen by God for being such a good kid. Uh, and so he, and so he he views his daughter's death as a, a violation of that contract, and so so he renounces it, and then um like shaves off his, shaves off his beard, stops being stops being a rabbi, goes into the real estate business, and just you know turns his back on his religious up, upbringing. Then he realizes that doesn't give him happiness, so he then um talks to the um like to the um, rabbis of his synagogue and asked them to forge him a new contract with God. Now, it's pretty, it's, it's, sort of, it's, it's pretty simple and straightforward as far as this message goes in terms of just showing you how you can't quantify you know, like a relationship with God. It's like it's something that's, that um, it's between you that exists like, you know, in your heart or in your head and like, trying to um, quantify it in a physical, actual sense will only lead you to lead you to ruin. Now, storytelling here is actually pretty pretty simple for the most part because there's not a whole lot because while we're accustomed to sequential storytelling as you know being many several panels on a page, a lot of the stuff um in in this first story is basically um like pictures with words um like um put about them on the on the page. It's like it's almost kinda like I would say it's almost like a children's storybook, but but the material here is dealt with with an intelligence maturity that transcends that that like um blithe um, characterization that I just did. <laughs> anyway, but it's but the thing is, like, even though like, even in this format, um, Eisner has the advantage. You know, like it it really works because Eisner because this really cause this. So it really quantifies Eisner's skill in terms of like I'm um, depicting characters and and their emotions. It's like um, looking at this. I mean, you realize that the man was really it's like on another level in terms of um, like depicting characters, characters in their inner in their inner states just by looking at them. I mean, like for me, like for me's um, expressions as he goes on. I mean, it's like you know, pictures worth a thousand words, and you look at, look at this, and it's like it's like you can tell. You can tell exactly what he's thinking, and get into the. You can really get into his head just by looking at him and seeing what he thinks. I mean, especially when he's talking to the rabbis and saying, "I want you to t- like. I know you. You are learned in the word of God, and if you know His word, you know His will." I mean, he's saying this, and then you look at his eyes, and you're like, "These are the eyes of a madman. These are someone who uh, who's desperate, who is looking for for meaning anywhere." And when he finally gets what he wants. It's like these. It's like this. This insanity. It's like just just carries through, permeates the page as well. It's really this skill at getting into his characters' heads and depicting their their emotions on the page. It really sets Eisner apart from for a lot of other just about every other uh, major artist like working today. I mean, a lot of them are are good. I mean, they they're good at showing showing detail. Um, dynamic action sequences and all, but as far as just like you know, really showing you what's inside the character's heart just by looking in their eyes, they they t- they kind of lack that right there. And Eisner has this in spades throughout his work. I mean, you can see this in his in the second story, the street singer, about a um, guy who um who sings in alleyways during the depression and winds up getting his big break from a faded op- 
opera singer, only to, real, only to realize that it's not going to happen due to an O. Henry-esque twist. You also then there's the uh, then there's the super, which t- t- tells you about the um, like a really like a re- like a real asshole super who runs one of the tenements and how he crosses paths with a ten the ten year old girl and how she went and just make his life a, like a living hell. It's like it's I mean, to be honest, I was kind of surprised at some of the maturity of, su- of the subject matter here, considering when it was published and comics were still regarded as you know kids stories. The fact that Eisner was way, able to get away with a lot of the um, mature subject matter he does right here, it's like it's quite, it's quite impressive, but it also doesn't come off as exploit, exploitative or needless um, as, in, in terms of like shock value as well. Like the Super, like I said, is a ni- nice, it's a nice um, dark story showing you about about one man, how he, how he lives his life as a bastard and then pays the price later on. And also, but I would like but it's also a story where I would have loved to have known what happens to the girl. It's like after the story. Then you get um, Kukuline, which is um, Yiddish word means means cook alone. It's basically you know you're going up to the uh, you're going up to a, going to a room up to a hotel where you where you just where you cook the meals meals yourself. It's see so in, in this um, I just, this is one of his um, one of the characters here. Um, like uh, Willie is one of his most is a direct um, autobiographical analog for for him. So you can look at this and say, "Wow, it's like Will, you really lost your virginity in a really um, weird and creepy fa- creepy man- manner right there." But it's also it's also an interesting slice of life, just showing um, him and um, several other characters um, going up going up north during the summer to the Catskills and just you know looking for it's like looking to get away from things and also to you know, like trying to find, like, hey, you know, I'm gonna find myself a husband. I'm gonna, I'm gonna find myself. I'm gonna find myself a wife. So just things like, just like people like trying to make their big breaks and just like, and um, you know, just trying to make connections as well. And also husbands playing around on their wives while they're, like, while they're taking the kids up, ki- ki- kids up north. It's a nice, it's a nice character-driven story, and it's fun seeing, observing all the different, all different little character interactions and. St- and threat and plot threads that he that he develops. I mean, like it's actually it's also probably the most most uh, most sequential of his stories because then you've because as opposed to the first three stories, this is the one that really does have like actual defined panels and progression progression between them. It's still it's it's still cool to re- read a story and like it's 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 an interesting window into this particular area and these characters' lives and. And it's this particular story that his the next um, volume in the in the trilogy, um, a life force um, resembles. Now, life force is a much is far more sprawling and and detailed than than the con- than a contract with God. So it focuses on a lot on several characters. Um, there's Jacob, the uh, carpenter who winds up winds up out of work and um, comparing his life to a cockroach cockroach finding out you know what it's like you know what does it take to like hey you know it's like how how's my life any different from the cockroach if we're both trying trying to survive then you also had elton the former high society guy who uh who um has his life who, whose life has changed through the um like through the great depression and the stock market crash then he winds up you know working as a as a runner and also like falling in love with with um with jacob's daughter it's like it's, they both live in the in the same tenement. I mean, it's 
the story it's like it's a it's basically a real it's a real ensemble cast cast story just showing all these different characters um like living and thriving and struggling to survive during these during these um like hard hard times and you know it's like th- and it's also it's also within this the story is really de- that you know it's like some of these things are familiar it's like you know like the uh on, on the um, regular guy being bullied by the mob, the uh, it's like the guy trying to, it's like the in, the insane guy living, it's like you know, trying trying to survive from from day to day, the uh, it's like the guy people trying to um like you know, organize against unions, it's like a lot of the stuff here um does, it's like does have a resonance from from today as well. I mean, it's like it's still, I would argue this is part that um. This is pr- this is probably like the most most interesting of the w- of the works, just in the way it's like it's like the, all the characters here feel feel genuine and real and believable. It's like in the way they go go about their lives and try. It's like in the story and and Iser's art is still no no slouch, even though it's like this this even though this volume is like it's even more like he's even more um like you know there's even more characters and and detail and panels on a page. It's like Eisner it's like still invests like each of them. The same same kind of care that he did that he did in his er, earlier work. It's a it's a great it's a great story. It's like and um, to be honest, he probably could have kept he probably could have kept going as like from um from from when he stopped. It's like, it it's one of the say it's, it's it's a great char- character driven tale. It's like and it shows you that you know even that even though the guy was like was pushing. Let's see, was how was what was he? He was like 65 when he wrote this. It's like the man still had not um, had not lost a step, and that's that's really impressive in itself. However, um, like Eisner was not done with um, this with this with the series because all these stories I forgot to mention earlier take place on this one part of, fictional part of New York called Dropsy Avenue. Now, and uh, and he and so um, Eisner um, so in 1995 Eisner realized that you know he he just couldn't. He just had more to say about that particular um, that particular tenant that particular um, avenue, and so he he created he wrote um, drops. Uh, he wrote the, the neighborhood drops the avenue, and this is his story, just telling uh, telling you about the uh, the history of that particular that particular um, te- um, tenement and part part of New York um, from back starting in 1870 um, to the present to the present day, such as it was. And it's, and it, it's 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 a real and it's very impressive. It's it's a marvel of storytelling. It is a small marvel of storytelling flow, flow and progression. Because, um, he just because Eisner um basically um maps the uh, it's like maps the progression of the of the neighborhood from just you know rural like undeveloped area to nice high class neighborhood and then charts its slow decline from from World War One on. Onwards, and it's like it's interesting just to see how it's like it's not really one thing that contributes to its decline. It's just you know it's like it's a lot of little things, and and even though it's like he um a lot of the characters do kind of resort to he does kind of resort to like you know caricature or one dimensional um characters. They do still a lot they do still feel kind of genuine. And plus, when you're dealing in the in the essay style that he's de- that he's doing here, I mean it's like he covers like like over a hundred years in about, um, oh, it's like in almost, 
between about a hundred and about a hundred and seventy pages, but it still feels like complete, completely natural in the way that he managed he manages the progression of time. I mean, just seeing the characters, um, like like age, age, the neighborhood neighborhood change before your eyes. It's really a, a remarkable achievement. I mean, so yes, it's like I said, it's this is all all the stories here are very character driven. Like they, they deal with social issues in terms of rate like deals head on head on with racism as people you know as, as um people like in, in Drop Avenue con- constantly l- lament the um the advent of new races um in races and ethnicities like into the it's like into the neighborhood and they're saying oh no the Irish are coming here now they're going to ruin the uh, like ruin the property values oh no we're gonna, they're going to integrate and allow, allow the Negroes in so oh that's going to ruin things even more it's like but it's you know it's not that it's just it's a, it's really just you know like a mixture of like of, of people's people's attitude, attitudes and just you know like general I wouldn't say like lack lack of caring but just ah uh, what am I what am I trying to say here it's you know don't say it's just like the march the march of time the grind that grinds everything down, and people just—if people just don't want to do anything, they're not not going to make an effort to change things. They're just going to try to keep the status quo the way things are. Then, of course, things are going to are going to get worse. Instead, of, if people are going to resist resist the tides of change, instead of instead of rolling with them. In fact, we even get get a hint of that at the very end when the when the avenue gets a new lease on life. But then we see the old the old familiar attitudes like show up, and here they are again. It's like this. I mean, this is like this is, this is like a really engrossing character. Like the entire volume is a really engrossing character study on the same level as um, as Box Office Poison, which you know, I've said before is one of my favorite favorite all time titles. And even though it's like you know, I don't know if people here um, listening to me talk are just kind of like, you know scared of stuff when I say it's you know character driven, um, filled, filled with drama and you know people you know, with real life concerns. But really, this is. This is the kind of story that 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 is captivating, you know. E- like even with all, like like with all that, with it doesn't need explosions, doesn't need um, superheroes or healing factors or mutant abilities in order to be engrossing. It just it has the it like Eisner makes the character drama feel genuine and his and his art and his detailed style, like his the way he gets inside the characters characters' heads through their expressions. Um, th- makes it thoroughly worthwhile. Now it may sound like medicine when I say it like that, but really it's not. Once you once you start reading it, you'll be you, it's like you will be engrossed to try and see the see the progression of Dropsy Avenue from from beginning to end. Overall, it's like and it's like you know it's like I, I I don't know what to say. I mean, Will Eisner has done a lot of work over over the years. But um, and I and I'll be honest, I haven't really read nearly as much as I should have. But um, but you know, considering like a contract with, with gods, like word of mouth status is one of as as one of the formative graphic novels, the original ones. It's like this. Like, I was thoroughly entertained by this by this trilogy right here. And you know, I, I don't want to say like you know it's the one thing you should pick up from Will Eisner. It's like if you only read one thing, I will say that that it. Based on what I said, it, this absolutely deserves a place in your library. So, so, if you pick this up, you won't be disappointed, is what you're trying to say. You give it a is, chance. That is exactly what I'm saying. I mean, to be perfectly honest, you know, this is one of the cases where, even though I found it in a half-off bin at WonderCon, 
Um, this is one of the things, like, if I had the chance to, um, to rebuy it um, at full price, I certainly would. Mm, okay, very cool, very cool. Yeah, it's always good to get a good character-driven story in there once in a while. Come on. I mean, yes, we love bullets, guns, and, you know, and other such violent things. But every now and then, you know, hey, if you can, if you can get a good character story in, it's always worth it. That is that is so true, especially, you know, like I said, I mean, sometimes this stuff can sound like medicine, but then once you actually, like, you know, get get past that, once you actually get past that feeling, it's like, it's you find out that it's really not. It's really something that, you know, Hey, this is this is like this is what I've been needing all along. Okay, sounds like I might be checking it out myself. So, um, do you know what you're going to be talking about next time? Let's see. Uh, next time, let's see. We are going to be. Next time, I believe we're going to be uh, at um, May. F- next probably has to be on May first. So all I can tell tell you is just check. Um, check and see what's what's arriving on May 3rd, and you should, should have a pretty good idea of what I'll be talking about next time. Alright, well there's your clue, and uh, we'll talk to you next time on Comic Picks by the Glick. Later. Right, bye.